0: WhatsApp has quickly but quietly risen to become the world's most popular messaging application. It has over a billion users worldwide. Despite the fact that it's an ad-free service, Facebook bought WhatsApp for $19 billion in the biggest acquisition of a VC-backed startup to date. Sounds kind of crazy, right? Well, Mark Zuckerberg says that WhatsApp is actually worth even more than Facebook paid. On this week's episode of Generation App, we'll dig into what exactly makes WhatsApp so powerful. From geekwire.com, this is Generation App. I'm your host, Monica Nicholsberg, and joining me today, we have GeekWire co-founder, Todd Bishop, entrepreneur, Marcelo Calbucci, and GeekWire advertising and marketing coordinator, Kara Coleman.
1: How's it going, everybody?
0: Good. How are you?
1: I'm looking forward to learning more about WhatsApp from a couple of power users across the table here.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning about it, too. So usually on our show, we have a couple of millennials teaching, you know, some of the older generations on our team about the apps that they're using. But I have a feeling today I'm going to be the one learning a thing or two. (laughs) Um,
1: Me too. Yes.
0: (laughs) What I've learned about WhatsApp is that it really doesn't split along generational uh, lines like other apps. It does sort, however, at least in the US, by people who have more of an inclination to communicate with people in other countries, at least that's what I found in my research. So we have a lot of interesting stuff to dig into here, but I want to give a little bit of background for people who might not be that familiar with WhatsApp. It was founded in 2009, and it was acquired in 2014 by Facebook for $19 billion. There are over a billion users worldwide, And for a time, WhatsApp charged a $1 annual subscription fee. It actually did that to try to slow its user growth down. Um, But in January, it announced that the app is going to be completely free again. It also doesn't have any ads. So before we jump into some questions, I want to hear from some real world users about their experience with the app. I would probably die without WhatsApp. (laughs) It's so, like it's the first thing I check every day, which I feel like is very weird.
2: Um, so me and my friends use that for, I don't know why they don't like to text message or group text, um, but we use it a lot, um, for, for chatting about like sports and figuring out where to go to happy hour and different, different plans and stuff like that, that we have coming up.
3: Um, I have an iPhone, but some of my friends who live in like Turkey or China or whatever don't. Um, and so it works really well for us to be able to communicate that way, um, and to keep track of how college is going, um, how their summers have been, um, that kind of thing.
1: it's free. And you can communicate with anybody in the world, which is awesome. Um, I use it to, uh, to chat with my family back in Russia. You can, you can see who's online. So it's, you know, not everybody is on Facebook, for example, or, you know, or, or Slack or, and whatnot. But WhatsApp is kind of like a universal tool. So
0: it's kind of random, but my boyfriend lives in the United Kingdom and he has an iPhone and I have Android, so we can't use iMessage or whatever. I've never had an iPhone, so it's kind of the the downside. But um, we use WhatsApp to basically talk every day as long as we can. Um, We were using Facebook, we were even using, sometimes we use just the Snapchat weird messaging thing that they have, but we switched over to WhatsApp and I'm on it like, 24-7, pretty much.
2: <laughs> I prefer texting, um, but I think it's because we use different devices. Um, so I know, like, Apple people are biased to, like, being able to, to see if someone reads your message or not, and the droid people, like, their messages come in different order sometimes. Like, there's a couple of friends that I met um, text with that use droids, and their, their um, text messages don't come in, in the right uh, order, depending on their Wi-Fi. Uh, so WhatsApp kind of solves that problem for everybody. Overall,
3: to me, it's not really a big deal. I know uh, internationally right now, it's kind of in the spotlight with the encryption. But um, for me personally, I'm I not really needing it much. Um, but for some of the kids from overseas, um, where the freedom of press isn't as uh, broad, so some of my friends in rural China, uh, they, I think, really like the encryption mm-hmm. um, abilities that it has because they can get onto WhatsApp a lot more often than they can access Facebook or something.
1: It's user friendly. It's just, it's really easy. Uh, It's not, it's not brain surgery. It's not complicated. There's not, you don't have to like sign in and out to use it. Once it's downloaded on your phone, you just tap it
0: and you're on. All right. We just heard from Aaron Larson, Christopher Krieger, Cooper Atkins, and Yulia Savalyeva. Now I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Marcelo, I know you're a big WhatsApp user. What do you like about it?
2: Uh, it's convenient it replaces SMS in a much better way it has better features than SMS Uh, the group communication is fantastic if you have a small group of people that you want to talk to Uh, it also feels uh, more like a quick phone call than something that you would use at a Facebook group or or something like that right so um, just for a quick exchange of information like oh I'm here I'm there um, or do you want to go out for dinner tonight like you don't People don't use Facebook, or um, I don't like phone calls, so I try to avoid that as well.
0: So do you feel like it is really different from Facebook's other you know, standalone messaging app?
2: I do. It's, uh, the interface is much cleaner, uh, and uh, the messages are at the center of it. You cannot like a message, you cannot comment on a message. It's just like SMS, you exchange messages. Uh, and that works really well for that type of communication.
0: Kara, how about you? How do you use it?
3: Um, I use WhatsApp primarily to communicate with friends who live abroad. And um, it's kind of great because you can have a one-on-one exchange or you can have a group, like Marcella said. And um, for me, it's a big – it helps a lot with um, the time difference. So I can kind of send someone off a few messages and not worry about trying to tie up our schedules the way I would if we were trying to Skype or, you know, get a Google call in. Um, So we can kind of communicate more constantly and just check it as available.
0: Okay. But so do you communicate with your friends in Seattle at all with it? Or is it more just people um, in other countries?
3: No, mostly abroad. A couple of people who live on the East Coast or have relocated elsewhere in the
0: country. For my friends here in Seattle, it's pretty much all text. Got it. So one thing I'm really interested in talking about is this kind of like this encryption controversy that's going on with WhatsApp. Do you guys know anything about that? Not
3: familiar.
2: I do. Tell us. (laughs) Recently, as, uh, as brief as like four weeks ago or so, WhatsApp announced that they're gonna do end-to-end encryption. So basically, the messages that go through their network are encrypted and they, they cannot decrypt. Uh, and it was probably an initiative not only for privacy reasons, but because they were getting so many requests from so many agencies of government everywhere in the world to turn over data. They are like, well, now we cannot do that anymore. So it simplified their life as well.
0: And do you think it's a good thing?
2: I think it's a great thing, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, the idea that we should have less encryption to prevent crime is, is kind of flawed. Like, you know, people don't open letters in the mail or don't go to your house to, to see our one-on-one conversations. People can, can commit crime in many different ways. And what's up is an innovation that uh, brings so many benefits that I, th- I think over overdoing on the uh, – tracking of communication between users is probably the wrong approach here. Uh,
1: It comes at such an interesting time in this whole debate. If you look at what Apple has done with the the iPhone and the encryption there and all the the battles with the government, it it also, I think, is probably a very smart move business-wise for WhatsApp and for Facebook, by extension, because of exactly what you're saying, Marcelo. It makes you feel more comfortable with it as a user, and, and it makes you feel like... No one's snooping. There's no chance of anybody snooping on what you're saying. That's right. Yeah.
0: It's come with some consequences, though. Like, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have been following what's been um, going on in Brazil, but they, WhatsApp has been suspended not once but twice by different federal judges for basically failing to comply with um, investigations in organized crime and criminal drug cases. And there was actually a Facebook executive in Brazil that was arrested. You know, he was let go the following day, but it's a pretty it's pretty crazy what's going on there.
1: So, Marcelo, you're from Brazil, and I know you use it to communicate in part
2: with people in Brazil. Did that Im- impact you? It did impact me. Uh, it was kind of fun in a way, you know, because I would send a <laughs> message to them and say, are you guys there or not? <laughs> uh, and I would not hear a response. Uh, and also help to to uh, impose other apps that were uh, similar to WhatsApp like Telegram and uh, Voxer. I don't know if you guys heard about those ones, Uh, but WhatsApp is so prevalent in Brazil. Like business are being done on WhatsApp, right? In what way? For example, delivery services, right? Like probably most uh, small restaurants, uh, the owner has a uh, WhatsApp line that you can text them on WhatsApp and order food. You know so it will it, it really replace all kinds of communication like instead of ordering to go you just whatsapp to go right
3: so I'm curious I wonder why whatsapp has caught on so much more fervently in other countries than in the United States and um, I use it I don't use it for you know communication with people in Seattle or even largely on the west coast for me it's this kind of third party, other, has a very specific extra use. And in other countries, it seems like WhatsApp is the primary form of communication.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Do you have any insights into that, Marcelo?
2: I do. And recently, I was on a, on a trip um, to Spain, and we had an Airbnb. And the first thing that the person asked us when we got to the Airbnb is if we use WhatsApp. Because you prefer to use WhatsApp than calling or or text messaging, and and the primary reason really uh, is uh, historical, from how uh, carriers, uh, cell phone companies, uh, charge for SMS. Um, you guys might remember that just like five years ago, you yeah. would pay, you would have a limit on SMS, right? Mm-hmm, right. And uh, some countries, the limit was zero. Basically, you pay for every SMS, right? And WhatsApp really. Uh, destroy that business. So much so that uh, WhatsApp is in trouble also with the telecommunication companies in Brazil. They want to shut down WhatsApp because it's eating their lunch basically. <laughs> uh, and WhatsApp now has voice conversation as well, uh, which I used just recently and it's fantastic. Uh, it really replaces your um, phone.
1: So, wait, how does that work? Because I know you can do the quick messages, right? I've used WhatsApp a little bit. You do the message where you press down on the microphone, say it, you let go, and it automatically sends. And that streamlined nature of it is one of the appeals, right? Like right. The
2: voice to text. Yeah. Voice to text. And I've seen people using that when they are driving, for example. They don't want to text anything. So they press that mic button and they record a quick message and send it to their person. The other person can listen and respond in text uh, or voice. Uh, so that works but that is asynchronous right they also have a, a call functionality oh. um you can click on your contact and click call this person Uh, and on the other side, the person gets a push notification. It's not a great experience. It's not like, uh, you know, a real call on your phone. But once you click on that uh, notification and you open the phone, you are in a, you know, real-time call with them.
1: Just like VoIP, basically. Just like
2: VoIP, yeah.
1: Wow, okay.
2: And if you're in a country that maybe you pay a lot for an international calling fee, but you are in a hotel that has Wi-Fi, now you can talk with anyone, anywhere, pretty much. Yeah.
0: It brings to mind Facebook's kind of broader strategy with this Internet.org thing that they're trying to do, basically bringing basic free wireless services to um, everyone in the world, but particularly developing countries. But you know, it's it's really interesting to me because they spent so much money on this acquisition for a business that doesn't really make money. You know, they don't have ads; they're no longer charging for subscriptions. So, what's Facebook's end game here? Do you guys have any predictions?
1: Yeah, I have a a couple of thoughts. So much of what many internet companies do in the formative stages of new ventures is just assemble as many users as they possibly can and facebook has that luxury at this point of the, you know their their financial resources are such that they can afford to go out and buy a business for this much and not have it directly generate revenue right off the bat and it feels like that's the window that they're in right now with whatsapp but it does not seem like it's the type of thing that would last in perpetuity it seems like something where eventually they're gonna have to figure out ways to make money directly from it, or at least indirectly from the audience that they bring in through it.
2: Yeah, and WhatsApp is probably the number one SMS carrier out there, right? Uh, SMS in quotes. Um, They probably exchange more messages than any other telecommunications company in the world. Um, So a way to look at WhatsApp is, are they the telecommunication company of the future? Right. Oh. Um, maybe the, the pipes that exist today, which is AT&T and T-Mobile and, and Sprint and Verizon and all those other carriers become commodity and just the underlying infrastructure for a truly global telecommunication company like WhatsApp. Right. They added voice communication now. And, you know, it's upsetting some companies because of that. Uh, so they, they might take over everything.
3: There's also I can see kind of a play where it's taking away from other competitors. So maybe not in turn making its own profit, but deducting from other people's, uh, you know, stake in that telecommunications industry.
2: Yeah. Do you use WeChat as well, Marcelo? I installed WeChat, but I have no friends, so it's kind of hard <laughs> well, to use a social well, app without friends. Well, that is,
1: that's is—that's actually been my problem with WhatsApp. Taylor Soper and I, there was a window of time, uh, Taylor's on our team here at GeekWire as well, there was a window of time when he and I were using WhatsApp regularly, but I didn't have any other friends or contacts who were really engaged with it, it feels like this is really a, a very social app in that way. Even if you're not doing the likes and the and the upvotes and that type of thing, you need other people on the network to make it useful to you.
2: That's right. And I think that's part of the appeal of WhatsApp to me because it started with a few friends in Brazil that uh, then invited me and then I learned a few other Brazilian friends in Seattle were using it as well. Uh, and then we used that to connect. Uh, and now it's so prevalent in my life that I use like multiple times a day.
0: That's that was my experience too. I don't really have any friends that use it, but it sounds like Kara, you have you know sort of are at the early stages where you have a few friends abroad who are using it. Can you see a future where WhatsApp would replace traditional text messaging for you? I think it would largely
3: depend on the other users. Um, for me, it's kind of nice because it almost prioritizes itself. So my text messages are like, they're my coworkers, they're my friends, they're the people who my family who I really want to get back to right away. And WhatsApp right now are people who I want to keep communicating with. But, you know, it's not super timely. It's more just staying in touch. And so it's kind of nice that that's separated out for me. Um, But I could see if more people
0: used it. Totally. That does make me curious. Marcelo, as such a heavy user. Do you have any tips for people on how to get the most out of WhatsApp?
2: The One feature that I like the most on WhatsApp is the share your location. So basically, you're with a group of people in a place that it's hard to explain where you are, and you just uh, press the share your location um, menu, and everyone in the group get a map with a pin on where you are. Uh, So it's very easy for them to find you.
1: It's interesting. That's a competitor to Glimpse, the Seattle startup. It is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah, oh, the their big trick is time-based, so they, they put an end on it. Does, does WhatsApp have that feature? No,
2: no, it's just like where you are right now. They put a dot on a map, and uh, it makes it easy. Like if you're camping or you're a concert, and it, it's hard to explain exactly where you are, uh, it's much easier to find you.
0: That's a great feature.
2: I think WhatsApp is great when you're trying to put a, a, a group message together for something that is short-lived. For example, you guys are organizing a camping trip right? Or a picnic. Uh, So you create a group, invite everyone to that group, you exchange information of who's bringing what, when we're meeting, where we're going. And then the group just, you know, fades out uh, as time passes by, right? It just scrolls down on the list of groups that you have.
3: And I actually use it in an opposite way. I probably only have three groups. I have, um, you know, a couple of people I grew up sailing with, and one's in Germany, one's in Thailand. And so we just have one message that's always going on. And then the, the group I primarily communicate with is a friend who's in Spain. She's Spanish. And then a friend who was in Spain but now is back in the States. And the group name is Kara's on WhatsApp.
1: <laughs> Kara's on WhatsApp. Kara's on
3: WhatsApp. <laughs> I was very directly told, get WhatsApp so we can talk. And um, so, yeah, it's just kind of one ongoing long message. But it's, yeah, because we're not using it for the planning purposes in the same way. But that would be a great advantage if you kind of are going with different plans and have a different lineup of people for different stuff.
0: So I know we talked about um, revenue a little bit, or lack thereof. WhatsApp did announce that later this year it's going to start testing tools where businesses can interact with customers. And if that sounds familiar, it's because a lot of tech companies are working on similar technology now. Todd, I know you've covered this kind of chatbot trend a little bit. Do you have any um, insights into why this is happening all at once?
1: Well, I think it's the first steps toward artificial intelligence for a lot of companies, it's the idea that they can program a chatbot to interact with customers and then have real humans step in and take over. And I know actually at Pioneer Square Labs, this is something that you guys have been looking at, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, Marcelo.
2: Yeah, we talk a lot about chatbots and where uh, there are good opportunities and where they are not, right? So if if you think about, uh, I don't know if you guys have Alexa, Um, But it's an amazing product and it's also a very narrow language that you can use with Alexa and how you ask things and what it can do. You cannot ask Alexa, for example, you know, uh, what kind of TVs you have for sale on Amazon. That kind of stuff doesn't make sense for Alexa and it doesn't make sense for a, a chatbot because there is not a deterministic answer to that question, right? Uh, But if you ask what's the weather today, you know, it's a great experience for that. Uh, The problem with chatbots, uh, as you described Todd, is like typing is somewhat slow, uh, a lot slower than just clicking a button and getting the result of what you want. So uh, we have to take that into consideration as well. I think chatbots are gonna become more popular as they become voice activated, not text activated.
0: Do you think that Facebook, with its WhatsApp and Messenger product, are really going to be at the forefront of this?
2: I think they're going to be platforms more than uh, end-user applications, right? So Facebook already announced an API for Messenger. Uh, They announced the API for WhatsApp. It's coming out at some point, which is probably just going to be uh, a phone number that you add to your WhatsApp and then you can exchange messages. And Microsoft, did the Thai thing on Twitter as well, that didn't go so well. But that type of experiment, I think it's going to happen more and more. Uh, and the big technology companies are going to be the platform that going to allow small businesses and startups to build experiences on top of it.
1: That Microsoft example was the one where the internet, within the span of 24 hours, taught the chatbot to be racist. Right. Correct. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and <no>. other things.
0: <laughs> well, this is really great stuff. I think, you know, what, the key takeaway I'm hearing here is that WhatsApp is definitely a company to watch that really has this power to maybe revolutionize communications worldwide. I want to thank our guests, Todd Bishop, Marcelo Calbucci, and Kara Coleman, for being here today.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Monica. You can catch more episodes of our show at geekwire.com slash generation app and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And tune in next week when we'll be talking about Twitch.